Good morning. It's good to be gathered in God's house this morning. I've been blessed to be here so far. Thank you, Jeremy, for leading out in that Sunday school hour. Prayer, so important. One way God has answered my prayers recently is the arrival of our daughter, Nazare, and that has been a precious two weeks so far. Something about a new baby is just a miracle. Can't explain it. So praise God. And I wish I could be back there uh, holding her. So Courtney, be sure to take care of her back there. If somebody was to just characterize you with one word, what would it be? What character trait would you be given? What do people describe you as? If you were to die today and somebody wrote an epitaph for you, what would be the word on your tombstone? Back in school, grammar class, anybody like grammar class? There was a character sketch we had to do. And you picked out a person and wrote what their character was like, describing them. I kind of enjoyed it, critiquing a person. But it made me think, how would somebody write a character sketch about me? So I gave you some time to think about it. And as we go through the message this morning, my prayer is that we would think about that. What character trait would be given to us? And somebody I would like to look at this morning is Moses from the Bible. I'd like to look at the life of Moses. A uh, little homework. How would you describe Moses? What comes to your mind when you think about that? Turn to somebody beside you, maybe on the bench behind you, somebody that's not in your family, and just talk a little bit about what you, how you would describe Moses. Go for it. All right, good. Way to break the awkwardness. Can I, can I hear a couple words that came across? Meekness. Faith. Afraid. Great leader. Interesting kind of heard the meekness and then it was quiet for a while. I think when we think of Moses, we think of meekness. What is meekness? That's where I am going this morning as we look at the life of Moses and think about him. Meekness. What is meekness? How would you describe meekness? In Numbers 12 verse 3, it called Moses a very meek man above all men upon the face of the earth. The meekest man who ever lived. So if I want to learn about meekness, I'm going to go to somebody who knows a little bit about it. And my goal this morning is to look at the life of Moses to see what meekness on a daily basis looks like. 
I looked up the definition of meek, quiet, gentle, easily imposed on, submissive, some, some synonyms that came with it, patience, long-suffering, gentle, quiet, shy, retiring, reverent, peaceable. As I think about those synonyms there, it's a surprising quality for a leader, especially the Israelites. I mean, I think Peter might do a better job leading that group of people through the wilderness. Why meekness? When we think of a leader, we think of somebody bold, who's up there making it happen. So a question for you, okay, yeah, Moses had meekness. Do you need meekness? Do we need meekness? Do I need to pursue a life of meekness? What does that, how does that affect me? In opening, I'd like to just go through the Bible and read a couple verses that talk about meekness. I'm not going to talk about the verses, but just listen as these truths sink in. Psalm 37:11. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Psalm 76:9. When God arose to judgment to save all the meek of the earth. Psalm 147:6. The Lord lifteth up the meek he casteth the wicked down to the ground. 149.4 For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Zephaniah 2.3 Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness. Seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. From the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 5. Matthew 5, 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. James three thirteen. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. Dear Heavenly Father, we talked about prayer this morning, and we want to stop and pray before we look at the life of Moses. I pray that you would speak to each one of us. I pray that we could see the value of the life of meekness and make personal goals to choose to be meek on a daily basis. I pray that you would point to areas in our life where we can work on meekness. Please be present here this morning. Amen. All right, so Moses, a little bit of setting before we jump into his life. We have God promising descendants to Abraham, okay? And down through the line, things are happening, things look good. Finally, they end up in Egypt. Joseph dies, the new Pharaoh comes on. Now what? They're slaves. God's promise of a group of people that he would call his own are slaves in another country. That's the setting as we go into Moses' life. And as I look at Moses' life, time and time again, how he responds exemplifies meekness. And I pray that we can see that this morning. Turn with me to Acts 7, first of all. We're going to come back to Exodus for 
a lot of the illustrations out of Moses' life. But the first one in Acts 7, we have Stephen talking about Moses. So we all know the story of Moses. He was born at a time when they said to kill all the baby boys. His mom put him in a basket out in the river. Can't imagine putting my little baby out in a basket on the, on the river. But Pharaoh's daughter comes along, sees him. Moses' sister is nearby. Hey, I'll find somebody to take, take care of Moses. Great. So Moses' mom gets to take care of Moses, her son. When he's old enough, he goes to live in the Pharaoh's palace. And I think kind of where we get a first glimpse into Moses' life is where Stephen refers to him. And in Acts 7, verse 20, it says, In which time Moses was born and was exceedingly fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. Then he was cast out. Father's, uh, Pharaoh's daughter took him up and nourished him. Verse 22, Moses was learned in all the wisdoms of the Egyptians. Verse 23, and when he was a full 40 years old. So 40 years went by when he was in Pharaoh's house. That would be pretty impressionable years. I would think he would be thinking as an Egyptian by now. It came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. So somewhere deep inside, he knew he was a part of the Hebrews. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. He killed the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren, his Hebrews, the Israelites, would have understood how God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove, and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, your brethren, why do you wrong one to another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and judge over us? Wilt thou kill me too, like thou did the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses. Whoa, they don't respect me yet. And as we go through the life of Moses, I'm going to refer to synonyms of meekness. And I pray that we can see areas in our life that we can apply. So if we see here he kills the Egyptian because he thought, hey, I'm the guy who's going to help them. God chose me. Let me do it. We see here the first problem where he failed on meekness. He ran ahead of God's timing. He wasn't patient. A synonym of meekness is patience. That is the first one. Not on your own strength. Not doing it your way in your time. Moses made a mistake. He tried to take matters into his own hands. You know, in life, we want change right now. We want to see change happen right now. And often we refer to our own strength. James 1.20 says, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. It's not up to man to choose. Psalm 37 goes on to say, Delight thyself in the Lord. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust him, and he shall bring it to pass. And then a verse later it talks about, The meek shall inherit the earth. When we are meek, we say, God, your timing. Not my way, your way. Meekness, a life of meekness is characterized by patience. Do we have patience on God's timing? 
So Moses runs to the desert. He finds a wife. What does he do while he's in the desert? He tends sheep. Time out. He's supposed to be the, taking the Israelites out of Egypt. No, he tends sheep. Why tending sheep? For 40 years. In Acts 7 there, uh, later on, verse 30. And when 40 years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, angel of the Lord, in a flame of fire in a bush. He spent 40 years of his life tending sheep. Why? God uses seemingly insignificant things to train us and prepare us. When you are faithful in the little things, you can be faithful in the big things. And God was trying to teach Moses what it was like to lead, first of all with the sheep, in preparation for leading the Israelites later. A life of meekness is characterized by faithfulness. Small things make a big difference. When we're faithful in the small things, that's when we can go on to the big things. That is a life of meekness. Does that characterize your life? Faithful in the small things? When it seems discouraging or no one is noticing. Maybe it's praying. That prayer list. Whatever it is. Be faithful. That's meekness. You're going to inherit the earth. Alright. So Moses is there. Then as it refers to in verse 30 there. The Lord comes in a flame of fire. A bush. In the desert, all of a sudden a bush starts burning. And often when we think of a fire, we think of it consuming something. If it's burning something we don't want it to burn, we put it out. Or it consumes a pile of junk that we want to get rid of. In this case, God got Moses' attention with a bush that was not disappearing. It was there. And what does God tell Moses? All right, Moses, now's the time. But God, life is good. I'm taking care of these sheep. The call to Moses here was overwhelming. He felt inadequate. He came up with a list of excuses. One after the other. Oh, I can't talk. What am I going to tell him? But what does God do? God gives reassurance of his presence by the miracles that he performs. The staff turning to a snake, leper, his hand turning to leprosy. God was right there saying, Moses, calm down. I got you. Look at this. And Moses kept fighting. And in Exodus 4, we're going to jump back to Exodus now. Leave uh, Stephen's account of Moses. In Exodus 4, verse 14, it actually says, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. Moses fought so much that God got angry. Moses, what are you doing? I'm trying to point you a path forward and you're fighting me. 
but God in his mercy did not give up. And he says, all right, Aaron's going to go with you. Now go. What I see from this is sometimes the call on us seems unbearable. Something we have to go through, I can't take it, I can't do it. But God is there reassuring that he got you. And God is able to give strength, here's our synonym, to willing people. A meek spirit is willing. Moses, he fought here. He said, God, I can't do it. But he went. He was willing. And when we have a willing spirit, no matter what the call may be, no matter what the responsibility is, God will give strength. Do you believe that? Ephesians 3 says, God is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. Do you have a willing spirit? When things come up in the church or helping other people or whatever it is in the family, I've found out with children you need to sacrifice. Are you willingly doing that or grudgingly? God will give strength to willing people. And willingness is a characteristic of a meek life. All right. So Moses says, okay, God, I'm going. He goes back to his, his father-in-law, Jethro, and says, okay, uh, I'm taking my wife. God's called me. We're going. So they head out. Exodus, uh, verse 20, Exodus 4, verse 24. So they head to Egypt. And it came to pass, by the way, in the inn, that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. This was a new thing I learned. I didn't, I'm not sure I could have said this happened to Moses. God wanted to kill the man that he was sending to deliver his people. Why? It's a little gruesome. So God's there. I don't know if he was visibly there, spiritually. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, Surely a bloody husband art thou. So he let him go. Then she said, A bloody husband art thou because of the circumcision. You see, Moses here was not following God's command. He wasn't following his rules. He went to the desert, taking care of the sheep. He had a family. But he forgot the commandments that God had given him. The commandments of his people. And he was not living a life of integrity. God hates sin so much that God wanted to kill him a meek spirit is characterized by obedience in the small things in the little areas of life our lives need to be honoring to God that can be discouraging sometimes I'm not perfect okay there goes that I can't be meek no that's not the response we're going we're gonna to fail. Moses failed here. But he has a second chance. What does your life look like? Is it obedient? Is it honoring to God? If it is, God can use you so much more. Obedience characterize a meek life. Little side trail here. 
this got me a little fired up. Who stepped in here to save Moses? His wife. Ladies are often described as they should be submissive. They should have a meek and quiet spirit, right? I don't know how Zipporah knew what was going on here. Obviously, she had a connection with God that was not described before. Ladies, you have an important part in your family. Don't just leave it up to your husband to call the shots. And don't try to call the shots. But meekly support him. And you might be able to save his life. That's a challenge. And for each other, beyond the marriage part of it, in a church... Can we save one another's life? Meekly standing in the gap. I thought, I just, that was a beautiful illustration to me. All right, so they head to Egypt. And through the plagues, we see the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. If I was Moses, I would have got discouraged. But it's back to that point number one patience. Patience characterized Moses. One plague after the other. God, that didn't work. Now what? God, number nine, that didn't work. Now what? He kept at it. Persistent. Patience characterized a meek life. Now we're going to jump ahead a little bit to Exodus 14. So the chapters in between talk about the plagues. And finally, they're headed out into the wilderness. Exodus 14. So God is leading them by a uh, pillar of cloud and a fire. Exodus 14. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pethero, between Migdal and the sea, over against Balzephon. Before it shall ye encamp by the sea, by the Red Sea. For Pharaoh shall say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. What'd they do? They did so. So all God says is, all right, camp by the sea. Pharaoh's heart's going to get hard again. I got your back. Go. No details, no nothing. So they did it. Okay? So jump ahead a couple verses. The Pharaoh sends his army. His heart gets hard, exactly as the Lord said. And verse 11. So now the Red Sea's in front of them. Egyptians are chasing behind them. Moses is in a tough spot. A spot you don't want to be as a leader. And they said unto Moses... Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Whereof hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it has been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we would die in the wilderness. If I was Moses, I said, All right, then die. See if I care. Did Moses respond like that? What does he do? All he knew that God's going to get my back. God's got our back. That's all he knew. Verse 13. Moses said unto the people, Fear not. 
Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you this day. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. I don't know what's going to happen, but God got us. Calm down. And as we know, Moses lifted his rod, the seas parted, and they went on. Wow. This is a time in Moses' life where he got it. I think he understood what meekness was. And our word, our synonym is resigned. Resigned to what God had planned. He was totally resigned. He said, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I trust. People, it's okay. Calm down. I know you hate me, but it's going to be all right. Trust God. He had faith that God would protect them. But you see, sometimes we know that, yeah, God's got us, but we don't act upon it. Moses went ahead and acted upon it. He did what God told him. He raised the rod. It seemed crazy. And God protected them. Meekness is characterized by being resigned to trusting God no matter what. No matter what comes through the hard times. And not only ourselves, but others around us. Do we point others to where true peace is? can be found. Resign to God's plan. Number five. All right, so they left that instance. Now they head in deeper into the wilderness. We're going to jump ahead to Exodus 17. So the quails, God gives them manna and quails from the sky. In Exodus 17, then, we have, they needed water. And God told Moses, strike the rock. Water came out. Great. Verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. So now we have a war. Another not desirable time for a leader. War. Verse 9. And Moses said unto Joshua, choose out you men and go fight. Go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. There was something in that rod. Moses knew. Maybe God had told him before. So Joshua did as Moses had said and to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And the Israelites defeated the Amalekites. So we see here, Moses knew what to do. He knew he had to hold the rod. But he recognized his limitations. Another sign of meekness. He asked for help. He let Aaron and her help him. What if he would have said, no, I, I got it. I got it. It's because of me holding up the rod that we're going to win. No. He recognized his limitations. And he said, somebody help me. A life of meekness is characterized by dependency on others. And it might seem like an oxymoron, but when we are weak, we are strong. 
When we are weak, we are strong. And when we recognize that, that's when we can win the battle. Another key component of a life of meekness, dependency on others. And we see here Moses showed that, exemplified that. And then there was a time of the, the setting up the judges. Jethro advised him to say, hey, you can't do all of this on your own. And Moses listened to that advice. He was dependent. He recognized his weakness and listened. Is your life characterized by dependency on others? Then move on to uh, God saying, Moses, all right, come to the top of the mountain. I'm going to give you the Ten Commandments. I'm going to give you rules to live by. What do the people do? They build an, uh, an altar, a golden calf, worship it. Moses comes down. God wants to destroy them. What does Moses do? He stands in the gap. God, no. And how many times... Did Moses do that for the Israelites through the 40 years that he led them in the wilderness? Time and time again, there's instance of that where he stepped in the gap. God wanted to destroy the group of Israelites. And Moses said no. A characteristic of a life of meekness is long-suffering. Long-suffering. Giving people a second chance. Titus 3.2 says, To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle. Showing all meekness unto all men. A life of meekness is characterized by be, being long-suffering. Long-suffering. Does that characterize your life? And the last one, and probably the one we would think about when we think of meekness. So I referred to the time where Moses listened to Jethro. Jethro brings Zipporah and his sons back to him. And he sees what's all going on. He says, time out, Moses. Why are you trying to do this all yourself? And that's when he set up people to help Moses. His dependency. Another time, later in Numbers 11, he set up 70 judges to help judge. And actually, turn with me there. Numbers 11, Joshua responds in a way... That gives Moses a pretty good chance to say, ah, you're right. I'm the guy in control here. But he doesn't. In Numbers 11, starting about verse 24, Moses went out and he gathered the 70 men of the elders and put them in place. And they started prophesying. God spoke to them directly. It was no longer through Moses. And in verse 27, and there ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad do prophesy in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid them. Moses, why are you letting these guys step up? You're, be, you're to be the guy revealing the word of the Lord to us. Why are these guys prophesying? What is, how does Moses respond? Amazing. Verse 29, and Moses said unto him, Envious thou for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Moses didn't want to be in control here. 
Meekness is characterized by humility. Humility. We are excited to see somebody else performing well. We are excited to train them. At the end of Moses' life, in Numbers 27, Moses is about to die and he's like, who's going to take it after me? Who's going to be the leader after me? And Joshua comes along and he puts his whole heart into training him. Joshua, you can do better than I did. There's a saying that we should work ourselves out of a job. The people we are working with, we should be equipping them to work ourselves out of a job. Do we work together that well? Do we have humility that when we see another brother or sister, we congratulate them, we get beside them, we say, keep on. That's humility and that's hard. No room for jealousy in humility. We're not threatened by the gifts or abilities of others. Instead, we want to equip them. Humility is such a beautiful description of a life of meekness. Does that characterize your life? Are you pushing on and encouraging brothers and sisters beside you? Am I? That was the biggest one for me. My equipping people around me to be better than I could ever be. That is a life of meekness, brothers and sisters. And that is beautiful in the church. In conclusion, meekness, as we talked about these eight different points, eight different synonyms of meekness. Anybody got it? Anybody say, I, I got all eight. Does it seem impossible? That was me. As I went through these eight, nah. Ain't nobody going to call Zach meek. Meekness. But I'm going to refer back to the beginning of Moses' life. A defining moment that set him on a path of meekness. That I think we all need to join. And turn with me to Hebrews 11. The Bible Hall of Fame, they like to call it. Hebrews 11, verse 24. So we talked about and we looked at different examples of Moses' life where he exemplified meekness. Now we're going to jump back to the beginning of his life where I think this all started. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for, esteeming, for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Way back at the beginning of his life, he had a choice. And a path of meekness is not a fun one to try to pursue. It's putting yourself down and others up. But because Moses did that, that set him on a path. You know, brothers and sisters, meekness doesn't come overnight. Just because I studied meekness yesterday doesn't mean I'm meek today. It starts with a choice. 
What steps are you going to put in place to send you on that path of meekness? As we looked at these eight different synonyms, patient, faithful, willing, obedient, dependent, long-suffering, and humility, willing to ask for help. Was there something that God pointed to? You know what? I need to work at that. It's not easy, but the rewards are tremendous. So I challenge you, and my challenge is too, to make a choice right now to pursue a response of meekness. Is it in how we respond to things around us? We like to respond with our opinions, but a Christian should respond meekly, no matter if they're right. That's something that I am making a goal to work at. Even if I'm dead right, respond meekly. Respond humbly. Recognize the other side. That's needed right now. So, go live a life of meekness. I'm going to leave you with one verse in closing. 1 Peter 3, 4. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. May we go forth and be a meek and quiet person, and may that characterize our life. Let's all stand. And pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and recognize that you are God. And as we think about what, is, what people would characterize our life by, I pray that we would look to the life of Moses. Thank you for the life of Moses and the, the legacy that he left, the things that we can look at in his life. And you called him the meekest man on earth. And we as Christians, we as your sons and daughters, want that meekness in our lives. And I pray that we would pursue that on a daily basis, making a choice right now to respond meekly and look to you for strength. We can't do it on our own to respond meekly. And that's when the beauty of the bride will shine. Please be with us. Take us from here. May we serve you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name, amen. A song, please, and you consider yourself.